Next pagan thing, <laughs> Christmas trees. Some people say, hey, Christmas tree, where's that in the Bible? Like, and then some people try to like kind of Christianize the Christmas tree and they'll be like, oh, it's because it's evergreen. And, you know, like Jesus, if you have eternal life, then you never die. No. <laughs> um, yeah. That's My Christmas tree died. Yeah, that's true, <laughs> right? Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Sermon Extra. Great to have you with us once again this week as we enter the first week of our Advent series. And I'm here with Pastor Nick Katie, who's the pastor of Whitefields Community Church here in Longmont, Colorado. And we just want to uh, wish you uh, a Merry Christmas as we enter this Advent series. And that's what we've been discussing and beginning uh, with this uh, our first sermon in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. And our, and our sermon series can be one of us. And uh, we began with um, Hebrews chapter 1 and just talking about that, that Jesus, uh, I'll just read the verses to you. Long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And that, that's, I mean, that just beautifully sums up, you know, what Advent is all of. It kind of takes us from the beginning to the end. And so if you missed any of that sermon series, you know, get over whitefieldschurch.com and you can download it there. Share it with uh, any of your friends and family. You know, Christmas time is a great time for you to be sharing things about Christmas. People are kind of in that frame of mind. And I think they're just willing to 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 listen i guess to have more of an open heart to to what christmas is really about and so any of your favorite streaming platforms spotify and google play and, and apple music you can uh, go over there download it listen to it and share you know respond thumbs up like all that fun stuff so that when you know when people are asking questions about Christmas, like what is Christmas about? You know, when they're asking about Christmas trees or whatever it might be, they're going to get Christ-centered, gospel-centered answers to their questions. And so that's kind of why we are here today. And so we sang the song on Sunday morning. We kind of started, and we kind of started out purposefully this way. And the song was called Prepare Him Room. And as we think through these verses, and we're just thinking about this idea, we, we, you know, we realize that Christmas time for many people began back in September or October or whenever it's, you know, the, the industry has start earlier and earlier every year, as far as when Christmas music starts to play, when black, the black Friday deals now it's black month, basically for, you know, when, when, you know, you can buy things and then people's getting conditioned. And, and so we sang on Sunday, prepare him room, uh, because it's important that, Jesus actually be part of what we're doing. But we want to talk about some of the other things that kind of maybe crowd out or some of the controversies maybe or questions that arise every year during this time. You know, when it comes around to to things like Santa Claus and Christmas trees and all those kind of things. And so you did tell a story on Sunday morning about St. Nick and I thought that was something we probably should relay once again. I think that's a very fascinating uh, you know, background to a real figure in history. So we could probably start there and kind of move on to, to other things. Yeah. I mean, even when it comes to decorating our church, 
<clears throat> I've told our, you know, decorating crew that I don't want any Christmas trees on the stage. I don't want any Santa Claus on the stage, that kind of stuff. I don't want any Santa Claus in the building, frankly. But, um, you know, why is that? Well, I think that they do take away a little bit from the meaning of Christmas only in the sense that they, um, they, they are often misunderstood by people, right? And so one of the things I talked about on Sunday is like, uh, you know, we have this whole tradition of Santa Claus who brings presents. And some people are like, man, that is like so antithetical to the gospel. It detracts from the from Christmas. And they're, they're not always wrong. I think that sometimes it, it does, right? Like the whole idea, like if you're naughty, you're nice. It gives you presents. Some people say it's a cute tradition. It's a fun thing to do with your kids. Other people say, <clears throat> no, it's taking attention away from Jesus, helping, it's encouraging people to celebrate Christmas apart from Christ. And so, you know, with that, um, one of the arguments that I've heard sometimes, which I think is obviously not true, but also kind of funny, is, you know, Santa is actually like, Satan, like trying to get into Christmas. And if you rearrange the letters of Santa, it spells Satan, which I would just say we should probably give Satan like a little more credit than that. Like, you know, I mean, if it's that obvious, <laughs> I, I think he's not that dumb. I mean, I think if he's going to deceive the world, he probably is pretty smart and yeah. <laughs> not going to just like come up with something as uh, ridiculous as like the fact that Santa mixed up is Satan and, oh, we should have seen that. Satan we missed Claus. it. Yeah, Satan <laughs> Claus. Um, yeah. So where does that come from? Obviously, Santa Claus is comes from St. Nicholas, right? It's just an abbreviation uh, that comes from that. And St. Nicholas, interesting historical figure that actually the whole tradition is based on. If you get to like the costume and the guy with the beard and all that stuff, that can be traced actually to the Coca-Cola company, you know, like the white and uh, red outfit can be traced to advertising from Coca-Cola, um, I think in the early 20th century. But if you go back beyond that, there has been a tradition in Europe um, for a long time uh, where they have feast days for certain saints and the feast day of St. Nicholas is December 6th. And so for a lot of European countries, they actually celebrate things related to St. Nicholas or Santa Claus on December 6th. And the way they do it is that not actually by giving presents on Christmas, but by putting, um, putting chocolate into shoes. But specifically, the tradition is that you would put in chocolate in the shape of coins. And the reason for that actually goes back to the historical story. So it's, it's not really that hard to trace how these things developed. Okay, the historical story of St. Nicholas, very simple. In the early 300s AD, there was a man named Nicholas who lived in southern Turkey. So you can think white sand beaches and palm trees, not uh, reindeer and snow. And he, uh, he was actually from a wealthy family. But here's what's really interesting. He became a Christian before Christianity was a legalized religion. So understand this. This is a man who became a Christian at a time when Christianity was spreading throughout the world, but it was, it was still, it took a sacrifice to be a Christian. And we know that he was actually imprisoned for his faith at one time, which is like amazing. Like uh, there's actually some really interesting iconography from the ancient church um, that shows Nicholas of Myra being, um, being like, um, tortured in a jail cell during the big persecution, which preceded the time of, um, of toleration in 314 AD. So 
all that to say, uh, Nicholas of Mira, he was uh, from a wealthy family. His parents died and they left him an inheritance. And he decided to use that inheritance, give the money to the poor, which he did. And then he uh, didn't have any money because he gave all his money away. And he was taken in by the local priest in his town, the local Christian priest. And so he grew up kind of in the church, kind of similar to like the story of Samuel in the Old Testament. And he was raised in the church and then eventually became a, went to school, became a pastor, a priest, if you will, and then became a regional leader. So that's what bishops were, is they're kind of like pastors over a region and they kind of oversee the different churches in that region. And as a bishop, he was then later invited to the Council of Nicaea, which took place in 325 AD. And the purpose of that was because there was a heresy at the time called the Arian heresy, which is actually very similar to today's Jehovah's Witnesses. Basically, they say Jesus was not God. And that's what the whole Council of Nicaea was about, is to search the scriptures and confront the Arian heresy. Basically, let's let the Arians have their, you know, explain their case, and then we'll see if it lines up with scripture. And the end of the Council of Nicaea was that they came up with a Nicene creed and a conclusion, which is that Jesus is a man, and he is also, he is fully man, fully God, and with no, you know, there's no problem with that. And that this is what the Bible teaches. That was the whole point of Nicaea. So Nicholas was there, and there's a story. I've heard differing accounts. Some people say that it's not true, that it's more of a legend. But the, the story goes that Nicholas actually slapped or punched Arius, this person who believed that I Jesus was God. I think I heard this too somewhere. I might have read it. Or yeah. Yeah, so kind of a famous story. Then I heard later on that it might not no, be yeah, true. Yeah. It's more of a legend. Either way, um, this is the kind of Santa Claus that I like. Yeah. Right? The kind who uh, loves people and uh, hates heresy. <laughs> yeah, so uh, then the story with the, the coins and the shoes, right? That's because Nicholas in his church, he had, and this happened more than once, he had some poor families. And in those days, you would pay a dowry for your daughter to get married. And they couldn't afford to pay the dowry. And so they were like really distraught. And so he somehow, I'm not sure where he got the money. Maybe he had it through the church or something. He went in the middle of the night and took money. And, you know, like in Southern Turkey, you know, not be, being a pretty moderate climate, he was able to, the windows were open or maybe they had like grates for windows instead of glass. And he was able to drop money into the window. And so he dropped some money into the window and apparently some fell in the shoes. Mm -hmm. And that's where we get our tradition of like giving gifts on the feast day of St. Nicholas, December 6th. And originally money, then chocolate money, and then chocolate. And then in America, we moved it to December 24th uh, and 25th being when, you know, our whole legend of Santa Claus and all that. All that to say, uh, St. Nicholas was a good dude, like somebody that we should celebrate and own and definitely um, somebody who embodies what Christmas is about because he argued and uh, advocated for belief in Jesus as God, which is what the incarnation that we celebrate at Christmas is really all about. Okay. Next pagan thing, <laughs> Christmas trees. Some people say, hey, Christmas tree, where's that in the Bible? Like, and then some people try to like kind of Christianize the Christmas tree and they'll be like, oh, it's because it's evergreen. And you know, like Jesus, if you have eternal life, then you never die. No. <laughs> um, yeah. That's My a bit, Christmas trees died. Yeah, that's true, <laughs> right? Like, um, so 
Yeah, I don't I don't know if there's anything wrong with it, like unless you're worshiping the tree, which apparently people used to do. So check this out. There's this verse in Jeremiah chapter 10, which might make you reconsider your approach to Christmas trees. I'm going to read it to you. All right, here's what it says in Jeremiah chapter 10, starting in verse 2. Learn not the way of the nations, nations being a Hebrew term for Gentiles, uh, nor be dismayed at the signs of the heavens because the nations are dismayed at them. For the customs of the peoples are vanity. Now listen to this. A tree is cut down from the forest and worked with an ax by the hands of a craftsman. Kind of like a Christmas tree, right? They decorate it with silver and gold. Then they fasten it with hammer and nails so that it cannot move. Again, sounds a lot like a Christmas tree. But then you realize that it's different, right? Because he says their idols are like scarecrows in a cucumber field. They cannot speak. They have to be carried. They cannot walk. Do not be afraid of them, for they cannot do evil. Neither is it in them to do good. There is none like you, O Lord. You are great, and your name is great in might. And if you, if you compare this with other verses, so there are several verses in the prophetic books like Jeremiah and Isaiah especially, where Isaiah and Jeremiah are criticizing those who worship idols. And they're saying, how ridiculous is this? You yourself went and found a tree in the forest. You cut it down. You put it in your house. You fashioned it. And then you worship it? Like, what is that? That's clearly not a God who can do things. You made that. And uh, that's what's being done here. So some people would say, hey, this is showing that Christmas trees are pagan in origin. I would say, I don't think they are. I think this is something different. And clearly the issue there was not decorating a tree in your house. Um, the issue was worshiping a tree as your God. So listen, as long as you're not worshiping your Christmas tree, I think it's fine to have a tree in your house and put lights on it and presence under it. But on the other hand, look, if somebody says, I don't want anything to do with Christmas trees, then I say, fine. I don't, I don't think that's a problem. If you don't want to, then don't do it. That should be an issue of conscience. Okay. Last one. December 24th, right? Like some people say, Hey, isn't that like the winter solstice? Is, is that like, didn't we just like take Saturnalia is actually the name of it. Didn't we just Christians just like adopted Saturnalia and they probably say it's probably that darn Constantine because he's <laughs> like the boogeyman for all of these things. Right. Probably a Constantine came and he, he like made Christmas on that day. Okay. Okay. First of all, um, yes, there was possibly a pagan holiday called Saturnalia, which should not be surprising. Basically, if you worship the earth, then you would be inclined to worship at times when there are significant things like the shortest day of the year, longest day of the year, etc. And so, uh, but here's what's interesting. The first writing about Saturnalia actually comes after Christmas was already being celebrated on December 25th. Secondly, Christians don't actually believe that Jesus was born on December 25th, right? Like, we don't think this is Jesus' birthday. Um, now, I hope that doesn't bum anybody out to hear that because they're like, I always thought it was. <laughs> um, no, actually, like, we're, we're pretty clear. Like, we know, we don't actually know Jesus' birthday. Did you know in the Bible, whenever you see somebody getting their birthday celebrated, it's like a bad thing? Like, it's not, it's not something that people did in those days, right? And so... More name days, like a lot of... Yeah. East, like, European is... Actually, there's a lot of emphasis placed more on name days and actual birthdays. Yeah. In a sense. Yeah. 
um, in the ancient world, they d- they didn't put a lot of emphasis on birthdays. Um, so the point being, like the early church, they wouldn't have been like, "When's Jesus' birthday? Let's celebrate Jesus' birthday." That came about a little bit later on, and yet it came out of a desire to say, "Let's create a calendar in which we remember the significant events of Jesus' life." so that we celebrate those topics, right? Like, so we celebrate the fact that Jesus came into the world. Um, and, and that's a big deal, the incarnation. So first of all, nobody thinks it was actually December 25th. That day was chosen. Perhaps it was chosen because it was a day that pagans celebrated. But I would say, isn't, is that wrong? Because look, we got to celebrate it sometime. And Christians said, well, you know what? There's some symbolism in here that we can use and appropriate, which is, this is the darkest day of the year. And from this point, a new season begins in which it's getting continually brighter. And that's actually what we believe about the coming of Jesus, that with the coming of Jesus, the first advent, we're now building up to the second advent, the return of Jesus. And Jesus is ruling and reigning in heaven as we speak. And one day his reign is coming to earth. We live in the time of dawn where the darkness of night has been broken. It's getting progressively lighter until the new day comes. But it's not night. It's not day yet. We're in this in-between period. We've talked about that before. My point is, um, you know, maybe, maybe it is good to say this holiday will no longer be a pagan thing. This will now be, we're going to change the meaning and the point of this, and we're going to celebrate Jesus. But yeah, all that to say, um, that's why we celebrate it this time of year. We don't actually think it's his birthday. And, and then the other thing is, look, if you're not doing any pagan things, like I'm not worshiping the moon or the sun or the earth, I'm worshiping Jesus. And I would say, yeah, if you're worshiping Jesus, then, then that's what this is about. Yeah. And, uh, no, that, that's just great information. You know, I, I think that a lot of people are going to be watching this just to kind of maybe clear up a few of those questions and kind of feel, you know, but more secure in their decision-making about these kind of things. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, you bring up a good point there. I, I just read a blog about somebody who wrote about Christmas carols, kind of kind of reclaiming Christmas carols and like Christmas carols that actually uh, speak about Christ. But I was, I was, I was super blessed by his last paragraph because at, at the end he says, you know, even though I've told you about all these Christmas carols that, you know, these are the things that we want to be celebrating because we're celebrating, uh, you know, um, you know, Christ and, you know, and Jesus coming down, incarnation, all of that. He says, but don't be a Christmas Grinch. Don't, you know, don't, don't like, okay, well, we're not going to sing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer around, you know, with our family or this kind of stuff. He's like, one of the, one of the things about Christmas is that it's a time for us to be together, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a time for that gospel message of love to be manifested. And it's a time for Christians to reflect the love of Christ. And, and as we've talked about here many times at the church, it's a lot of, this is the time when a lot of Christians, come, I mean, a lot of people who are not Christian come to church. Yeah. And, you know, and when we get caught up in all these little, you know, uh, you know, tangents about Christmas trees and St. Nicholas and all those kind of things. And we're fighting and fighting and bickering. We kind of miss the whole point of what Jesus came to do was to bring peace and yeah. peace here on earth and peace between us and the father. And, you know, and that, and that's an important aspect of it. And, you know, we can get caught up in all of these things, yeah. you know, and, and, and there, you know, these are valid questions and that's why we, 
why we're talking about this today. These are valid questions, you know, but they shouldn't overshadow what we talked about on Sunday. If there is one pagan thing at Christmas that does, I do think that Christians should get rid of, it is uh, Last Christmas by Wham. <laughs> um, totally pagan. And it can go away. No one will miss it. Yeah, yeah. I I probably would agree with you. Yeah, with that one. The other <laughs> other thing I would say is that I fully agree with you. Look, whether December twenty fourth, twenty fifth is the is a good time to celebrate the birth of Jesus. I'm glad we're celebrating the birth of Jesus. First of all, secondly, this is the day that like the whole world does this. I was just in um, I was in the West Bank in Israel, right and. Everywhere you go, there's like these things about Christmas everywhere, which is interesting because it's like majority Muslim area. My point is like you go to Japan, you can go everywhere in the world. Everybody knows, okay, Christmas. And they also know what it's about, that this is the, the holiday is because Jesus was born mm-hmm. into the world at this time. It seems like a huge opportunity for us to like talk about Jesus, celebrate Jesus, worship Jesus. And yeah, if you're going to be a Grinch or a Scrooge, like you're missing out on a huge opportunity uh, when the whole world is inclined to think about Jesus. That just seems, um, that just doesn't seem wise. So I would say, let's take the opportunity. Let's make much of Jesus. You know, there's an interesting instance in the gospel of John where Jesus goes to Jerusalem at Hanukkah which is not a biblical feast. And some people would say, well, what's he doing there? This is not a biblical thing. This is an extra biblical thing. Yeah, but he went there and said, I'm the light of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, you guys are having this festival of lights. I'm the light of the world. Well, I would say, let's do the same thing with Christmas. Let's say Jesus came into the world. We don't know which day he came into the world, but he certainly did. And because of that, everything is different. So. Yeah, we're we're celebrating a th- uh, one of the major theological, you know, cornerstones of the entire Bible, you know, and so, so it happens to be during this time, and it happens to be when everybody else is thinking about it, and yeah. so let's stand upon that theology and preach Christ to to whoever will hear it, because as you know, their hearts are going to be more open during this time to hear the real truth about what the Bible is about. So, no, great, great information. So I know if you're here listening and you've been listening to that, we'd love to hear your interactions, <laughs> you know, your thoughts and uh, with what we've talked about today, you know, uh, Christmas trees, St. Nick and and uh, the whole bunch there. You got a history lesson, uh, all, all to boot. And so, you know, um, yeah, let us know what you think uh, in the comments down below. And uh, you've got some friends, family, they have questions about these things. Hey, you know, go ahead and share this video with them. We're going to be continuing our uh, our series, One of Us, uh, this coming Sunday. And you'll be able to see that soon. So we look forward to seeing you. God bless. <laughs>